will answer me second or will he answer Jesus first? He looks at me through Christ. Well, praise the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Thank you for letting me come once again into your space. My name is Yang Kutiang, and I want to encourage you to grab a hold of your Bible. We're going to see some very powerful and exciting things from the Word of God. Life, resurrection life is going to come through what the Lord is going to be showing us. I'm going to pick it up from where I left off uh, last time, and I believe you will be richly, richly blessed. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we bless and glorify you and exalt you, Lord. I trust and believe you, Lord, to grant you illumination, understanding to your people. And Father, open new horizons of your spirit to us. So we walk in truth and embrace life. Walk in the very best that you have for us. Impart understanding to all those who are hearing me right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So last time we were talking about prayer. And of course, uh, we looked at an aspect of prayer then. And of course, um, I'm going to begin with the scripture I referred to the last time. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 from verse 1 says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying, talking about the Lord Jesus, in a certain place, when he sees that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So the last time we looked at Jesus in prayer, how he prayed, and one of the points we made there, his disciples here saw him do so many miracles that were with him. It was quite exciting to be in the company of Jesus. I mean, waking up each day and you'll be wondering, I wonder what the master is going to do today. What miracle will I see today? And they saw so many things. And the book of John tells us, if all the miracles of Jesus are compiled all together, that the world itself will not be large enough to contain the volumes. So Jesus did so many things. But in the midst of it all, the disciples didn't say, Lord, teach us to do miracles. Teach us to you know, cast out devils or multiply loaves of bread. What did he ask for? Lord, teach us to pray. And of course, he taught his disciples to pray. For some reason, they were able to see, they were able to see so clearly how his prayer life was connected to the kind of results he got. I want you to understand, Jesus, according to the Word of God, Acts 10, 38, anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, Jesus was anointed with all of the Holy Ghost and power. In other words, the anointing on the Lord Jesus could not be increased, not at all. So, but as anointed as he was, he would get up early, long before daylight to pray. He prayed, and many times he would pray all night. Hallelujah. So that lets us to know he wasn't just, oh my goodness, I'm anointed. Uh, that's it. As a matter of fact, the more we pray, and as we pray, it connects us and enables us to be able to tap into that anointing and to unleash its potential to be a blessing, to bring glory and increase to our lives and ministry. Hallelujah. And so the disciples asked, Lord, teach us to pray. So they were able to see his prayer life is vitally important. There's a correlation between his prayer life and the results they were seeing. Listen, the anointing on you and I can be increased. Our anointing is finite. And so for that reason, if the master had to pray, and but he said for us never to give up praying, 
Luke 18, 1, the more the reason you and I need to pray and yield to him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. So I trust you're going to be grabbing hold of your Bible and let's see some very exciting things today. Now, one of the, today we're going to be looking at some aspects about, you know, when we're praying mysteries. You know, we have different mysteries about our lives and all kinds of mysteries. For example, here in Luke chapter 5, we looked at this the last time. Jesus. And, uh, you know, Bible told us that he went into prayer. And uh, what happened? He knew he had to seek God. In fact, let me, let me uh, make this point so clear. Jesus did not automatically know, oh, yes, I'm called to the ministry. This is what I'm supposed to do or whatever. No, not, not that. What did he have to do? One of the things he knew so well was this. He knew he had to follow the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And so if you had to follow the Spirit of God to be a success, you and I have to follow the Spirit of God. And there, was, and there were mysteries. He knew, well, I needed to have disciples. Well, who are those disciples? Well, that's a mystery. Where are we going in the future? Where does God want me to go? That's a mystery. But it's not a mystery to the Spirit of God. And God wants to reveal these mysteries to us. Hallelujah. Let's read here Luke 15. Sorry, Luke 5 from verse 15. He said, however, the report went around concerning him all the more. Great multitudes came to hear him and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. So Jesus would often withdraw into the wilderness. And we're told he will withdraw and pray. Hallelujah. Now, next door, Luke chapter 6. It says, verse 12 here. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer. Did you get that? He continued all night in prayer. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself. And from them he chose 12, whom he also named apostles. So how did Jesus know he was going to choose 12? First of all, I know this from experience. The only time I began to pray long, like Jesus prayed, he prayed all night, was after I got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to pray in tongues. Praying in tongues is praying in the Spirit. We're going to talk more about that. Praying in tongues is what gets us into that realm of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And for us to be able to pray extensively, just like the Master prayed, we can't do it effectively or even do it at all. The only way we can do it is by the help of the Holy Spirit. So here was a mystery. Jesus needed... He knew he needed to raise up disciples. Well, who are these disciples? He had people gathered around him. But you see how he resolved it all. He went to pray. Luke 6, verse 12. He went to pray, and it came to pass in those days. He went out into the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. How many hours? Six, eight, ten hours, possibly. Hallelujah. Continued all night in prayer to God. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, you know, from the Jewish, uh, 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 from the Jewish uh, calendar, the way it was, nighttime began at uh, six o'clock. Maybe he started praying from six p.m. all the way to uh, six a.m. the following day. A day to them was six a.m. to six p.m. So Jesus prayed all night. Hallelujah! The only way we can effectively pray all night will be by the Spirit. So in praying, there's just something that happens when you and I go to prayer like that. 
we're connected with the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God begins to communicate with us and we begin to know some things. There are just some things that we know in our hearts that our heads don't know. Yes, after we've known it in our hearts, then the illumination can come to our minds. Let's see here, John 16. John 16, I love something here. John, uh, right here in the book of John. Uh, verse six, uh, John 16, verse 13. Listen from verse 12. Jesus said here, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. See, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. That connotes light, illumination, reality. So for he will not speak on his own authority, letting us know how dedicated his Holy Spirit is to his ministry in our lives. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell us things to come. I like the way the uh, uh, King James puts it. says, he will show us things to come, reveal to us, in other words, things to come. And then Jesus said, he will glorify me. So that, And that's what we're here for, to glorify the Lord. He'll glorify me for he will take of mine, no, take of mine and declare it to you. King James says, he'll take of mine and reveal it to you. Praise the Lord. So the Spirit of God will take that which is of the Lord Jesus and unveil it to us. You see, one of the things I've come to realize, the Spirit of God knows where you and I are supposed to be going. He's, the, he's our tour guide in life. He will take it from the inside of us and unveil it to us, bring illumination. And in that regard, I want to encourage you, take time and pray the Ephesians prayer. Ephesians 1, 17 to the end. Ephesians 3, the prayer continues from chapter 3. Ephesians 3, 14 to the end. And it ends in Amen. Because that's where we, uh, we end prayers. Make it personal. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. This is, we need that to be able to be all that God wants you and I to be in this life. Hallelujah. You see, where you are, what you're supposed to be doing, where you're supposed to be going, and the people to work with you, that's a mystery to, to you. That's a mystery. But however, God doesn't want these things to remain mysteries to us. But however, when we hook up with the Spirit, this ministry, these mysteries can be unraveled. Hallelujah. I want to show us a few things here. Let's see here, Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. As we come to Acts chapter 16 here, we know from Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas had already been uh, uh, released. Hands were laid on them. When the Spirit said, separate for me Barnabas and Saul, for the the work whereunto I have called them. Of course, Jesus already left and gave us the great commission and said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. So they know they're supposed to be going to all the world. But here's the point. You can't go everywhere at the same time. And there's some places God wants us to go because that's where things are ready for us to blossom, to thrive. And so we see here in uh, Acts 16 verse 6, now when they had gone through Phrygia, now this is talking about Paul and Silas now, Paul and Silas. Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. Did you get that? Forbidden. Well, Jesus already said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
So all the world. But here's the point. We cannot be in, all, uh, uh, in every place in the world at the same time. We can only be in one place at one time. And really, the Spirit of God has plans. There's some places that are more ready to receive the word than other places. And so you see here, I mean, just because they, they're supposed to be going into all the world, they didn't just sit down and say, oh, God, lead us. No, they made plans and began to go. It's one thing I've come to find out that a ship that is already moving is easier to steer in the right direction than one that is stationary, just like a car. A car that is moving is easier to direct, to steer, steering-wise, into the right path than one that is stationary. So even though the Lord had said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, or separate from me, Barnabas and Saul, they didn't just sit down and say, well, Lord, tell us where to go. They began to move and just trusted God to lead them. You know, just like when God told Abraham to leave his family. Abraham didn't say, well, Lord, where do you want me to go? He just had to leave. And trusting God, as he went, the Holy Ghost began to direct him. We have to be willing to take those kinds of steps of faith. Just begin to make a move. So when they made this move, they got to this place, as we read here, through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. The Holy Spirit said no. Verse 7, Acts 16. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Once again, the Spirit said no. The Spirit will not permit them. In other words, it didn't tell us that the Spirit spoke any audible voice. Just on the inside of them, they just knew, no, this doesn't feel right. And it's important we, begin, we start checking up on the things on the inside. Some things are not going to feel right. Some things will feel right. So verse 8, so passing by Mysia, we told, uh, passing by Mysia, they came to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Well, I want to let you know, Paul was not praying to have a vision. He was just following God. And the Lord just saw fit to show him a vision. It's important we don't begin to pray for things beyond what the scriptures have, scriptures have promised us. And so we're told here, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. So I want you to see that. Now, see, where are we supposed to go? Oh, that was a mystery. You know something? How is it that Paul would know how they would know where they're supposed to be going? One, they've taken the step to start going, and they wanted to go somewhere, and they just said, ah, not there. And they wanted to go somewhere else, Bithynia, not there. And next thing, the Lord shows them, shows Paul a vision. You know, this is so important. You find, for example, Paul in uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. You see there, Paul is the one speaking there. And uh, he begins to speak as we have there in uh, verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him. How be it in the Spirit? So when I'm speaking in tongues, I am speaking in the Spirit, speaking mysteries. Hallelujah. So you see, yeah, when we're speaking in tongues, it's something we're doing in the Spirit. And the Bible says we're speaking mysteries. 
And what does that mean? Divine secrets. In fact, that's what uh, one translation say calls it, divine secret. In verse 18, it says here, Paul says, I thank my God I speak in tongues more than you all. So Paul is writing here to the Corinthian church that was so adept at speaking in tongues. They spoke in tongues so much. Yet Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. Remember somewhere right there in, in, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians as well, he said, you know, I'd rather speak five words in my understanding than speak all of this. So he was talking about the public use of tongues. And so part of what he's telling us is that the bulk of his speaking in tongues was not in church. It was in his private life. And so it should be for you and I. The bulk of your speaking in tongues should be in your private life. Speaking mysteries. And as you're praying out like that, you see, that connects us with the spirit supernatural and it amplifies the leading of the spirit. Hallelujah. Paul and Barnabas, in fact, I know that's the way they got their leadings because even when they got to Macedonia, because all they had was a vision of a man saying, come over to Macedonia. They didn't know where the man is. Who is the man? Where are we supposed to go? As they got there, the Bible told us they went to the shore, seashore, to pray. Once again, to pray. And so speaking in tongues affords us opportunities to pray and pray in the Spirit and pray about things our minds don't know about. That's the way we resolve mysteries. Hallelujah. That's the way we resolve mysteries. How do you know where to go and when not to go? Praying in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to see something here concerning the Lord Jesus. Right here in Luke chapter 9. This is uh, quite very interesting. Talking about prayer and uh, resolving and working out these mysteries and following the leading of the Spirit of God. Now, uh, I, want, I want us to read here. Right here in... Uh, Luke chapter 9, from verse 28. This is the story of the transfiguration of the Lord with his disciples. From verse 28, And it came to pass, about eight days after these things, that he took Peter, John, and James, and went up to the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah. I get that. They're on this mountain of transfiguration, and as you, if you compare with what we have in Matthew 17, as the Lord was praying, he prayed into the glory. The glory came down. Hallelujah. And uh, Elijah and Moses appeared. So we're told two men talked with him who were Moses and Elijah. Now these were saints that had died and gone. They were now in Abraham's bosom. They were not yet in heaven. No. Because as at that time, when people died, they went into, uh, into Hades. And Hades had these two compartments. One was Abraham's bosom. The other was hell itself. And so we had here, as it says, Elijah and Moses, who appeared in glory and spoke of his disease. Now was his death, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. So do you get that picture? So they spoke to him because that's what the whole of humanity was waiting for. That's what the saints were waiting for. Jesus needed to die to be able to open the door, open the gate for people to make it into heaven to where God's heavenly kingdom is. Hallelujah. So before Jesus died, nobody could make it in there. 
And so I, I can see here they're yearning for that time to be in the presence of God. And so they're talking to him concerning his death. And when Jesus comes out of that mountain, that place of uh, transfiguration, I want you to follow me here. Right here, after Jesus comes out from that place, verse 51, now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received up. So how did he know when the time was come, had come? Well, first of all, he had gotten this, that he let my, my, the time of my decease, death is coming. And so, he's being moved from the inside. And so, we have the verse 51. Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Do you get that? Because he knew that's where he's supposed to die. We just saw it right there as Elijah and Moses were talking to him about it. Verse 52. Sent messengers before his face. As they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him. See, he went, so he's headed to Jerusalem. He said, but they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. I want you to see this. Jesus is being led by the Spirit in prayer. And so know what's coming up in the program for me. Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, was led that way, that's the same way you and I are going to be led. And you guess what? As you and I pray in the Spirit, the leading, that, you see, that leading of the Holy Spirit is there all the time. But as you pray, that leading gets amplified. The mysteries get resolved. Hallelujah. And we can follow in line what's, with what's next on the program for our lives. Hallelujah. If Jesus needed to pray all night, which was ours, dear friend, you and I too should be putting on an hour too. Put on some hours. Hallelujah. Think about it. People can sit down and gist with their friends for an hour, two, three, four. Hallelujah. But at times to pray for an hour looks like a, a, a very tedious task. Well, for one, it's spiritual activity. You see, fleshly activity, the flesh is so much into that, like gisting and all of that. But when it comes to prayer, that's spiritual activity from the inside, the core of your being. But one thing, as you begin to engage in it and dig deeper into it, hallelujah, that leading and guidance and what's next in the program for you gets amplified. You get conscious of it, hallelujah. You can then begin to get moving in that direction. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, dear friend, I encourage you. We can, we've seen these examples here. Take these steps very, very seriously. Like Paul says in Ephesians 6, 18, praying always. It's Paul is telling us to pray always, so he must be doing the same thing always too. That's why he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You and I should be doing the same thing. Hallelujah. As we pray in the Spirit, we're resolving the mysteries. There are some things in our lives that the only thing that will bring them to happen in our lives is not just our confession. They will not happen until we pray them through in the Spirit. I encourage you, make this week 
a season of praying in the Spirit like never before in your life. Have yourself a prayer journal. And as those promptings and the things that come to you, don't worry, there are times when you start some things come to your mind and are bouncing up. But listen, just keep going deep in the Spirit. What is of the Spirit will stay there. If it's of the Spirit, it will stay there and will keep coming up. The Lord says, even what He said to us that we've allowed to sleep, He will bring it to our remembrance. So dear friend, let's make this season a season of prayer like never before. And praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. God bless you. It, once again, it's a great day to be alive. And please let me encourage you. Let's hear from you to know how what we're sharing is blessing us. Yeah, put a message, send a message to the, to the forum. Let's hear from you. Once again, keep on keeping on and have a great season and a great time in the Spirit. Blessings and love you.